I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. This is Apologies Accepted, the, the podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo, and I'm not Juliet, and let's just kick it off with a bang. What's shaking bacon, Theo? I'm going to tell you that I had such a wonderful weekend, and although it is Sunday today, and I still have oh my God. the day to go. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yesterday was amazing. I I went to a bunch of garden stores, like Home Depot oh, and Lowe's cool. and John Crate, and bought like plants and stuck them in pots and moved the pots around and watered them. And I was the busiest person with my little plants. <laughs> but um, yeah. What'd you buy? What kind of plants did you buy? Oh, wow. Like I, I bought it. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't remember now. <laughs> well, I, did, I found a calla lily, right? And I'm very oh, excited pretty. about that because um, they're, they were hard. They've been hard to come by over the last few years. I don't know why. Right. Huh. But if you go and buy a bouquet of flowers or whatever, um, you in LA, calla lilies are there. Everywhere. Right. You can, Trader Joe's. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I used to ride my bike around and cut calla lilies out of people's yards yeah. and take them home <laughs> and stick them. And I never thought anything of it because they grow like weeds. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of. And then here, no, 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 never and never see them. So anyway, when I saw them, I was like, I'm buying that and I'm putting it in a pot. And uh, and that's what I did. Maybe the weather isn't conducive to them. There, I mean, I kill plants, so honestly, <laughs> the weather, me, it doesn't matter. Die anyway, it's, it doesn't matter. Right, it's going to last six weeks. But <laughs> I would have spent twenty bucks on a bouquet of calla lilies. So a li- it's a living bouquet. Sure, yeah, sure. That, that will last for a while. Um, and you, uh, I saw you have an herb garden. I have an herb garden, and I discovered Fair. that. Um, so I bought a strawberry plant, and I bought a tomato plant. Aww. Right, I know it's so cute, Hildebrandt and Bingham. And Just one, one each. Yeah. <laughs> you should buy a bunch of tomato plants because homegrown tomatoes are so good. Uh, they put out. We had one like last year, and it put out more tomatoes than than we could eat. Oh, really? Um, and so whatever, cool. This one, it turns out squirrels like tomatoes and oh. they also like strawberries. And so we'll oh. never get to see them, Oh, that's let good. alone eat them. But all right, whatever. So the squirrels are going to be eating all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that was largely it. We went out to dinner last night and it was great. No mask. Didn't walk into the restaurant with a mask. Wow. Just ate. There were people that were seated like Swear to God, if they were if they were twelve inches away from me, the tables yeah. were just like that close together. Yeah. No. Aren't mask. you worried about the new the new variant? I'm not, so I am going to tell okay. you a story. Don't freak. You ready? Okay. So, um, I had to pick a friend up at the airport. Uh huh. Because I got a call, and it was, I have COVID. Can you come get me from the airport? Oh my God. And I was like. I, I knew that my friend had COVID. I, yeah. had, I had gotten that news flash during the week. Uh, and I was like, I don't know how I say no to that. Right? Um, I'd be like, no. Well, <laughs> so uh, so I did. And, wow. And, and I'm being real vague here on purpose. Sorry, everybody. I know it's annoying. And my friend sat in the back seat. And we both wore masks. And I had the windows down and <laughs> driving on the freeway. And Fred said, I'm nice. sorry to ask this. Could you roll the windows up? And oh, my God. I was like, I'm going to fucking die of COVID. This is, this is where it happened. But, you know, just at a certain fucking point, I've had two vaccinations, one booster, wear a mask, out and about. I had a friend here who uh, was staying for the weekend and went home yeah. and had COVID and, you know, sort of like backtracking for when you could have caught it. Maybe it was in my house. Maybe 
maybe right. I've been I just I don't know. Well, when you die of COVID, I want all your mouse drawings. Okay, they are yours. That that Thank is you. done. Yeah. Okay. So so I think it's just that the pandemic's over, even though it's raging. It's not. It's not though. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But I hope you don't get COVID. When what day was this that you picked up this? This friend, the- this friend, my friend, <laughs> uh, we are on day four. I have okay. tested negative twice. Um, okay, good. And so tomorrow starts day five. And I think there's like with the new, new variant. Yeah. It's pretty fast for, yeah. for catching um, or getting infected or whatever. I don't even know the terminology anymore. Um, and I think next week you're going to say COVID and I'm going to be like, What? What's, what's COVID? <laughs> we'll fully forgetting it all. Well, I hope so. I hope that's what happens for all of us. That we all forget COVID ever happened. It, this time next year, it's all over. I don't know, man. Uh, Brent keeps telling me that it's going to be four years, but could be. I don't know. I mean, he's probably I right. I don't know. But I just think... I, I'm not quite ready to go maskless. I was the only one... Well, I'll tell you this. I don't want to... If I tell you this, I was the only one in a certain place that I went yesterday wearing a mask. And this was like sort of a medical place. Uh-huh. So that was kind of weird. I felt like uh, I felt like a weird person wearing a mask. But um, it is Arizona, so I shouldn't be surprised. But I'm still not ready to go around without a mask. And I totally understand that. And pick up people with COVID at the airport. <laughs> well, I, I'm not I mean, there yet. That, that's how I knew I was over it because this time last year, I would have like, it would have been a hard no. Yeah. Like, I'm real sorry that you're sick and I'm real sorry you're at the airport and I'm real sorry that you got on a plane and you knew you were positive and you flew. Yeah. And I'm real sorry that everybody on that plane is going to die of COVID, but I'm not picking <laughs> you up and you're going to have to yeah. walk home or something. Like, it just yeah. would have been not even a, yeah. a pot. And here I am, you know, taxi so service. Yeah, I think a lot of people are over it and, and behaving like it's not still a thing. And, and whether it is still a thing, I guess, remains to be seen. So if there's another surge, we'll know that there, that it is still a thing. And if not, maybe, you know, maybe people are becoming immune in some way. I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. I just know what the scientists say. So. <laughs> <laughs> a perfect way to excuse yourself for not really knowing anything and then That's also right. blame others for, you know, like, I just know what the scientists say. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, I, I mean, it's just at that point of personal choice. I know right. COVID's still a thing. Um, and I do carry a mask with me in my pocket at all times. Uh-huh. And if I'm walking into some place where I don't want people to think I'm a Republican, that mask comes out. But, oh, I see. But that's kind of it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I also, I don't do a lot of indoor stuff. This is, who cares what I do, right? But like if I go into the grocery store, I wear a mask. But uh-huh. if I'm going into the garden center at Home Depot, no mask. Well, that's outside, so. Yeah, I know. So I don't want to yeah, make it seem so like I'm just throwing sense. caution to the wind and French kissing strangers on the street, but. Oh, you might as well be. <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> so, What about um, you? What's week- up? My week has been fine. I haven't done anything except work and struggle with the internet here at my at my um, Arizona home. Um, for some reason, at about one o'clock in the afternoon every day, my internet drops and kicks me off. And uh, I don't know if I've got a neighbor who's downloading a bunch of um, high definition movies or you know, <laughs> <laughs> porn at one, starting at one o'clock in the afternoon or what. But somebody's coming out from the the internet company to give me some more bandwidth on Tuesday. So hopefully that'll solve my problem. And, and then I'm probably going to go home maybe next weekend. So, um, but, uh, that's really all that's going on. I did have an event that I'll talk about at the end of the podcast in my, who's sorry now. Um, and, uh, other than that, I don't think that I have anything to report on. I went to the dump. That was very exciting. Uh, Was that this week? I think that was this week. I don't know. Actually. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah. That's the exciting thing of my week. I mean, sitting at, sitting at the computer all day, doing my job, and then going to the dump, yay. Well, and losing weight. I've lost 20 pounds. Congratulations. That is Thank so you. fantastic. I'm totally excited. I can't wait to lose another 550. You, you need to stop, though, because I'm just gaining the weight that you lose. <laughs> I went to the doctor's where I did wear a mask, and, uh, yeah. and I was weighed, and I was like, holy moly. <laughs> 
Are you? That's just not even possible. You don't want yourself possible. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Did I say no? No. 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 Uh-uh. Nope. I just wear clothes. And like, if I have to, if I hit a point where it's like, oh, God, I need more clothes that are roomier, then it's like, okay, all right, need to sit down and address this. Yeah. So there we go. Yep. Well, so that's it for me. So what are we going to talk about this well, week? Gonna We're s- going to talk about... Make a segue. Speaking of clothes, let's talk about somebody who has lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> lots of flowing clothing. The Pope. The Pope. So we did talk about, um, in June of last year, we talked about the Pope uh, and, and this topic a little bit. Um, the episode was called The Pope Holy Sadness. And... Um, yeah, we discussed it. I, I can't believe that's almost a year ago now. It's it's like uh, unbelievable. But I don't know how long have we been doing this? Like since October of last year? You're asking me? <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that we started around Halloween, but I'm not sure that's even true. So I have no idea when we started doing this, but it's been we've, a while. We've always lived in the in the village. <laughs> We're trapped here forever. This is our hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, okay, so Pope Francis, if you haven't heard, uh, has finally apologized for the abuses that Catholics committed at Canada's residential schools, which Indigenous children were forced to attend for decades in order to forcibly assimilate them into mainstream European culture. And as you no doubt remember from our previous episode, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago, um, from the 19th century until the 1990s, more than 150,000 Indigenous children were forced to attend state-funded Christian schools, the majority of them run by Roman Catholic missionaries, in a campaign to to assimilate them into Canadian society. Hundreds, if not thousands, are believed to have died at the schools, um, and I think now they know it's thousands, um, and work is underway at other Indigenous communities to search the sites of other residential schools for unmarked burial sites. A federal commission of inquiry into Canada's residential schools, known as the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, concluded in 2015 that the system amounted to cultural genocide. Some former students testified before the commission that priests at the schools had fathered infants with indigenous students, that the babies had been taken away from their young mothers and killed, and that in some cases their bodies were thrown into furnaces. Oh, my. Right. I mean, Um, many students, many students also died from disease, accidents, fires, and during attempts to escape, according to the commission. Schools suffered mass deaths when infectious diseases swept through them, according to a report this year on the burial sites by Scott Hamilton, who's a professor professor, professor of anthropology at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So that's what happened. Um, a bunch of kids died. Um, a bunch of kids died in, in really unfair and unpleasant ways and, and were buried on the grounds of these schools. Um, people didn't know how their families weren't told how they had died. Uh, sometimes I think they weren't even really told that they had died. They just didn't ever go back home. Um, and families have, have suffered from this for, for years. Um, so Pope Francis finally stepped up to apologize. And he uh, spoke, um, I think it was last Friday, to indigenous delegates at the Vatican and said, so this is him talking from Rome. He hasn't gone to Canada. Um, but he said, I feel sorrow and shame for the role that a number of Catholics, particularly those with educational responsibilities, have had in all these things that wounded you, the abuses you suffered, and the lack of respect shown for your identity, your culture, and even your spiritual values. For the deplorable conduct of these members of the Catholic Church, I ask for God's forgiveness, and I want to say to you with all my heart, I am very sorry. And I join my brothers, Canadian bishops, in asking your pardon. So these indigenous leaders, um, residential school survivors, and young people went to Rome this week or last week to hold meetings with the Pope um, and seek an apology for the church's role in the system. And Chief Gerald Antoine, who's head of the First Nations delegation in Rome, told reporters in the Italian capital that Pope Francis's long overdue apology was an historical first step. However, it is only a first step, he said, explaining that to meet one of the TRC's calls to action, the Pope needs to deliver an apology in Canada. The next step, he said, is for the Holy Father to apologize to our family at their home. And I don't know if he means like literally to the family in their literal home or if he means to apologize to like the family of Catholics at their home in Canada. Oh, I'm sure it's the family of Catholics at their home in Canada because, I mean, it's one thing to demand that the Pope apologize. It's another thing to demand that he come to your country. It's another thing that he comes to your house. (laughs) 
I mean, that might just be pushing it a little too far. I won't accept your apology, Pope, unless you come to my living room. Right. Yeah. So Pope Francis did tell the delegates that he would travel to Canada, and Canadian media has reported that the visit is likely to happen in late July. Um, the Pope went on to say during his speech, the chain that passed on knowledge and ways of life and union with the land was broken by a colonization that lacked respect for you, tore many of you from your vital milieu, and tried to inform you to another mentality. In this way, great harm was done to your identity and your culture, and your families were separated. So Justin Trudeau, who's the Prime Minister of Canada, um, said the papal apology was a step forward and that the government would look forward to Pope Francis coming to Canada to deliver the apology in person. And Metis National Council President Cassidy Caron, who met Pope Francis on Monday, said she was deeply moved by his apology. The Pope's words today were historic, to be sure. They were necessary, and I appreciate them deeply, she said. I now look forward to the Pope's visit to Canada, where he can offer those sincere words of apology directly to our survivors and their families, whose acceptance and healing ultimately matters the most. It's very easy to tear this down. There there were reportedly 6,000 children who died um, as far as the National Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada uh, has determined. And 1,900 graves have been found. And wow. 1,900 hidden graves, not like a little wow. cemetery with headstones. 1,900 children were buried to only to be forgotten, right? Wow. And so horrifying, terrible, right? Real easy yeah. to, to hate on that. And no apology can ever, right? Um, so I wanted to make sure that I don't know that that it was fair that I that I pulled me and my viewpoint out of this to to fairly assess the apology, and I think I found a way to do it. Um, really? Yeah, I listened to a couple of podcasts, and one of them it burned my ears to listen to because it was from yeah. inside the Vatican. The oh American God. National Catholic Association, blah, 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 right? Oh, my God. But it's a really nice young girl. Um, oh. And I mean, at least from her voice, she could be a 90-year-old woman, but she sounded like an 18-year-old. Yeah. And she covered this whole subject, and she was very chipper about it. And it was very much like, everyone's really excited that the Pope is going to apologize. Wow. And, you know, okay, cool, but... Um, there are still a bunch of dead children that need to be yeah. resolved. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's things I want to say, but I want to wait until we get to the apology itself. Okay, cool. So. Um, and so the, the my takeaway from it, they interviewed a few of the people who uh, were in the room when the Pope apologized. So they interviewed a few of the Aboriginal members uh -huh. of this delegation, and uh -huh. um, uh, her name's Cassidy, I think. Uh, Oh, yeah. Of the Matisse tribe. Um, yeah. You know, she could not have been more lovely in, in terms yeah. of her, the words she had for the Pope. And everybody was on board with, wow, this was a really uh, historic thing the Pope did. It was, felt very intimate. It felt very real. We could feel his, his compassion and his shame. And huh. like, all right. So, so the believers are fully on board, but then they're believers. Right. right? But it, it, so we'll, we'll hold that thought because I think once we get to the apology, this will be the piece that wraps it all up. Right. Yeah. So there's the far end of the spectrum, which is me and secularism, which is like, okay, great. You can apologize, but uh, this is awful. And then there's yeah. the other far end of the spectrum where, um, People want to believe and they want to make and everything they do as nice as possible so that they can continue to believe. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was going to use the word Stockholm syndrome there and, but <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. But then that's unfair, right? That's, that's me poking at them being like, you guys can't, you know, come on. But yeah, so, so we'll, we'll move from that. But I guess um, my point is it's easy to tear this apart because there are, because of the atrocity Right. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's see where we land. Okay. Well, so I wanted to say that in the in our last podcast where we talked about this, when they had just found like 250 graves of of, of kids at one particular school, yep. um, I, I 
wondered out loud in the podcast if it was possible for a pope to apologize and wasn't the pope infallible and all that kind of thing. Um, and I looked it up on, on the internet, uh, our source of all truth, and I found an article by feminist theologian Annie Selak who said, It was once unthinkable for a pope to apologize, for admitting guilt would imply that the church was sinful. However, the Second Vatican Council, a gathering of bishops, cardinals, heads of religious orders, and theologians that met from 1962 to 1965 and modernized the church, shifted the church's perspective on change and instituted major reforms. It also opened the door to admitting fault. Papal apologies are based on an understanding that the Pope is the leader of the Catholic Church, connected by tradition throughout time. As a result, it is possible for the Pope to apologize for an event in the past when he was not Pope, or perhaps not even born yet, because the Church of a thousand years ago is connected to today. When a Pope apologizes, the apology often addresses the feelings of the victims, yet fails to implicate the Church as responsible. Pope Benedict the 14th, no, 16th, acknowledged the pain of sexual abuse victims when he said in 2008, I am deeply sorry for the pain and suffering the victims have endured, and I assure them that as their pastor, I too share in their suffering. Yet, Benedict often stopped short of apologizing for the church's cover-up. By not admitting the church's wrongdoing and cover-up, these apologies express regret without taking ownership and accountability. It's similar to a friend saying, I'm sorry you felt that way, without claiming responsibility. Francis's apology regarding residential schools walks a line between prior broad and specific apologies by saying, for the deplorable conduct of these members of the Catholic Church, I ask for God's forgiveness, and I want to say to you with all my heart, I am very sorry. He placed a distance between himself and those, quote, members of the Catholic Church responsible for the abuse. So yes, a pope can apologize. And then I had to look up papal infallibility because I remembered the pope was infallible, but I didn't remember specifically where and when and how and, you know, was everything he did supposed to be blessed by God and all that sort of thing. And so the answer is that the pope has infallibility, but only in cases where he is speaking about faith or morality and only when he is specifically basically saying that he's calling upon his infallibility. So he'd have to get up in front of everybody and say something along the lines of, um, I say that, you know, in this matter of faith or morals, this is the fact and this is the truth and, and I'm calling upon my infallibility, blah, blah, blah. So just whatever the Pope does, he can be wrong. The Pope can sin, the Pope can do anything he damn well pleases, and it can still be bad. But he, um, he is infallible if he says he's infallible. And this has only happened once, apparently. Really? So only one time has the Pope called on his characteristic or whatever of infallibility and that was regarding the um i think the immaculate conception so that was when they said that mary was born without sin okay so first of all the the pope has only once ever said powers of infallibility activate exactly and then made a statement when do you do you remember exactly. when that was was that like in the 1200s or it was like in the 1400s or something, yeah. Okay, because, wow, if I was the Pope every day, I'd be enacting that. I know. I'd be, <laughs> apples are the best fruit, and I'm infallible. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be about apples, though. There's much better fruits than apples. Oh, apples pretty versatile. I mean... Mangoes, though. Pineapples, so much better. Uh, I'm kind of tired of mango, and... How can you be tired of mango? Do they have mangoes in Texas? I mean, do they grow in Texas? Oh, I don't know, but they sell them in grocery stores. There's these places yeah, where yeah. you can just go in and get food. And uh, they're a pain in the ass to kind of get the seeds. Part of the reason the I hate them. And, yeah, yeah, pull the skin but off. But then uh, there's anyway. mango margaritas and there's mango salads and there's mango. I mean, mango's just oh, like everywhere. I'm so hungry. So, well, okay, that's the issue. It's not that you love mangoes. <laughs> Uh, beauty has a price. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the the apology that Pope Francis made did kind of um, draw a line in the sand between the Catholic Church and the members of the Catholic Church who did these things to people. So it was like he's saying it's not the Catholic Church's fault that these people were these children were murdered. It is the members of the Catholic Church who did it, and I apologize on behalf of the members of the Catholic Church, not blaming the church itself if that makes sense to you you're looking at me confused no i'm i'm i i'm not confused as much as i am just sort of befuddled which is confused uh -huh. um uh -huh. i mean i i get it 
Um, they weren't acting. They were they were acting as members of the Catholic Church, but they were wrong. So it wasn't the church itself that was doing right, these things. The, I mean, I know you get right, it. I'm the, just saying it. Well, again. let's let's say it. we have 76 percent of our audience is Gen Z, 13 to 17 year olds. So you're making no, this up. it's true. I I looked at some stats. Yeah, really? yeah. Oh wow. Um, on one platform. So okay. Uh, but That's it's awesome. a big platform. Well, it's awesome, but then also we're responsible for warping young, impressionable minds. And so Fantastic. that is terrible power. <laughs> and, and I don't think we can over-explain anything enough. 76% of our listeners, that's two people? <laughs> Four. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, How kids. dare you? We number in the hundreds. Um, well, Gen Z is not kids anymore, though. They're, what's the latest generation? Alpha? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know we run out of stuff. Well, they, you can't market to them, so we don't need to have a name for them yet. Yeah, that's right. We don't need to worry about right. them. In four more years, we'll be money. hearing about, you know, Generation <laughs> Alpha or whatever. Um, yeah, so, okay, so interesting that the power of infallibility was only ever invoked once. Um, you could not invoke it over something like this, right? Like, listen, right. those kids may have died, but... I'm infallible, <laughs> and I am going to say it was their fault. God loves everyone, and it was for a divine purpose that you're just a little mortal and you can't understand. There, I mean, God works in mysterious ways. That's what this is why you us. and I are not Pope. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only reason why we're not Pope. <laughs> the only reason, yes. not not that we're not Catholic anymore, or that we're not men, we're not or, qualified. Man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, neither one of us are qualified on any ground at all to be no. pope. No, no, right. no, 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 absolutely and, not. Uh, thanks, that job I don't want. Um, the farthest from the pope that it's possible to be. Just about, we're practically Satanists. <laughs> no, that I, there's too many holidays in Satanism. Every fucking day oh, is really? a holiday, yeah. Well, you'd get a lot of days off work then. Maybe I might rethink my position on organized religion. You should. I should. You should. So let's talk about the apology. Speaking of apologies, hey. it's something that is always <laughs> on topic. Um, do you want to read the apology? I know you said it was really super long. It, it is. It was so, one, it is really super long. And in that realm of, oh, I don't want to be too secular when I attack this apology because that's not fair. That's not being right. open and reasonable and unbiased, right? Which it should try and put on that uniform every totally now and then. I think it's legitimate to have an opinion and to believe that you're right and no one else is right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> really, Mrs. Trump, do you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So uh, before we get into the apology, I just want to take a quick look at, at what, what is why Pope apologize, right? Because uh -huh. he has refused to apologize on one occasion, and uh, in regards to this whole situation of oh my gosh, I can't remember what they're called. What do they call the schools? Oh, uh, residential. Thank schools? you, residential schools. So yeah. um, so this didn't come out of nowhere. It it didn't happen just because of the discovery of the graves. Although let me take that back. I think the apology happened just because of the discovery of the graves because everybody knew that children died in this residential school system and everybody knew that children disappeared from this residential school yeah. system I agree. and so let's look at it okay so the residential school system is commonly known in canada was described as a form of cultural genocide by a national truth and reconciliation commission formed by the University of Manitoba in 2015. Um, so the Truth and Reconciliation Commission came up with a list of 94 recommendations. And again, 2015. Um, I'm not going to read all 94. I found 92 of them <laughs> to be you. really interesting. And so <laughs> the other two of them were stupid. Okay. So, so I just pulled out like three. This give you a little flavor of stuff, right? It, it was mostly about asking for equality in terms of um, funding for educational systems, funding for health programs, just uh -huh. recognizing that Aboriginal people are a culture that deserves the same attention or same access to resources as 
European culture. Okay. So cool. Okay. So uh, the first one, or sorry, this is not recommendation number one, but it's I, I pulled a couple that I thought were cool and interesting. So one of the recommendations was to publish an annual report on the number of Aboriginal children who are in care compared with non-Aboriginal children, as well as the reasons for the apprehension, the total spending on preventative care services by child welfare agencies, and the effectiveness of various interventions. So why are you taking our kids? How many of our kids do you have? Are you also taking the uh, Quebecois, right? Uh, The other kids from other cultures. Uh, the other bit I found interesting was repeal section 43 of the criminal code of Canada. Now I know you are intimately familiar with section 43 of the criminal code of Canada, of course. but for our Gen Z listeners, 76% of them. Um, <laughs> so section 43 of the criminal code of Canada is correction of child by force. Statute oh. number 43, every school teacher, Parent or person standing in the place of a parent is justified in using force by way of correction toward a pupil or child, as the case may be, who is under his care if the force does not exceed what is reasonable under the circumstances. That is not broad at all. That that feels like you could easily justify anything you wanted to do. That's a blank check. Please, where's a kid? I'm going to slap him right now. Oh, but I have to go to Canada to do that. (laughs) Um, Okay. And so one of the other ones was we call upon the federal government to acknowledge that Aboriginal rights include Aboriginal language rights because uh, at the residential schools, it was um, the native languages were banned, almost said bane. Um, And so language is a big, important part of culture, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And in 2019, they did it. So the Indigenous Language Act was passed on June 21st of 2019, recognizing the importance of Aboriginal languages to the overall culture of Canada. Good. In 2017, Mr. Trudeau, Justin, personally appealed to Pope Francis for an apology during a meeting at the Vatican. Um, But that was followed the next year, took a whole year, by a letter from the Pope rejecting the idea without explaining why. Wow. Yeah. So in 2017, the Prime Minister of Canada had a private meeting with the Pope and was like, hey, you know, the residential school thing, could you just like, and uh, I'll think about it. And he thought about it for a year, and then he sent a letter that said he wasn't going to do that. Um, There's speculation that Mr. Trudeau may have increased the Pope's hesitation to give an apology by demanding one. And then this is a quote um, from somebody who has the best name ever. I can't wait. I think that in the Vatican, they haven't been delighted with this political pressure from a national government to apologize for something that is a very complex history, said Massimo Mm -hmm. Fagioli. uh, Oh, yeah. We heard talked about him the last time. Oh, I don't remember him at all. That's what a name. Wow. That sounds like a pasta. Um, The Holy Father is aware of the findings of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which he takes seriously, Bishop Lionel Gendron, who is the president of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, wrote in an open letter to Canada's Indigenous people, which was released on Tuesday in 2017, some Tuesday in 2017. After carefully considering the request and extensive dialogue with the bishops of Canada, he felt he could not personally respond. That he is, that is the Pope. Uh, weird. Right. So you've got a bunch of uh, Canadian bishops apologizing to indigenous people in Canada saying, listen, you know, the Pope, he just, he can't, you know, he just doesn't feel like he should yeah. or he can or he doesn't want to. Um, yeah. And all right, fair enough. However, the Anglican, Presbyterian and Anglican. Thank you. I knew I said it wrong, even as I was like, maybe do a little notice. 76% of our audience is Gen Z. They don't know this word. The They're smarter than we are. Anglican, Presbyterian, and United Churches in Canada, which also operated residential schools, issued apologies in the 19-fucking-90s. Wow. Ten years ago, so that would put this uh, when this was written in about 2007, 
Uh, Stephen Harper, who was a conservative prime minister at the time, apologized on behalf of the Canadian government and established the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, uh, the Protestant churches that uh, ran about 30% of the schools, along with uh, the Canadian government, so the Canadian government ran some schools too, um, not only apologized, but they fulfilled their obligation to pay reparations under a class action settlement in 2006. About wow. $4.7 billion, with a B, Canadian Holy dollars. Shit. Most of it from, well, Canadian dollars. So that's a dollar thirty-two oh, okay. US. Okay, that's about yeah. $3, right. yeah. Ha, uh, look at us. We're making fun of Canada. We've just lost <laughs> half of our audience. In the dumbest way, yeah. Well, they only expect that from Americans. Uh, okay, so about $4.7 billion Canadian dollars, or about three US dollars, according to Juliet. Most of it from the government have been paid to survivors and spent on projects, including the commission. All right, cool. Okay, good. Uh, but the Catholic Church, through the Canadian Bishops Conference, has fulfilled fewer of its legal obligations to survivors, failing to pay most of its share of the reparations. And, you know, what? They were running two-thirds of the uh, residential schools. The schools. Which amounted to about $25 million Canadian dollars. In huh. September, the Canadian Bishops Conference apologized for the church's role in the residential school system and pledged a new effort to raise $30 million for reparations. I'm going to just take a big pin and stick it in that right now, and then I'm going to comment on it. The Catholic Church is okay. going to raise $30 million? Please. Right. Please. They could pull it out of their pockets. They, you will not miss that precious, precious money for one second. Right. Please. Right. Come on. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> the Catholic Church is going to start a GoFundMe. Uh, we have to take they care of the... Will, of course though. they will, I mean, please. I mean, they're not going to give up anything they've got. All right. In our last episode, not our last episode, but in our previous Pope episode, I made a joke Pope about sewed. our Pope episode about building a stairway of uh, gold and diamonds up to the clouds. That's yep. right. Yes. That's why they need money. That's exactly what they're That's doing the, with it. It's the only thing you could do with all the money in the world. <laughs> um, right. Let's see. So the last three popes have not been shy about asking for forgiveness from other groups. In 2015, while in Bolivia, Pope Francis, the same pope, apologized for the grave sins that were committed against the native people of America in the name of God, which would sort of cover Jesus. the, uh, the uh, I'm going to call them the reparation schools. Residential Thank schools. you so much. It starts with an R, and yep. my brain is just not that fast. Um but not specifically calling that out, right? And, and obviously, yeah. he was he was probably more talking about the colonization that happened in South America. Um, yeah. But be that as it may, uh, that is what he what he did. So it was one big giant apology to the Americas, and two years later, and thank God you can apologize, and everything is better afterwards. Well, yeah. So we'll get to that. We'll we'll get okay. to that, right? Because, like I said, secular me is like, all right, this is a bunch of words. Um, and then two years later, he apologized for the silence from church leaders in the Rwandan genocide in 94. Um, wow. Let's see, 12 years ago, so 2010, Pope Benedict wrote a letter to Irish Catholics saying he was truly sorry about the abuses suffered by Irish children, including those who were abused in residential institutions. Um, and then my favorite one is, and I got to get to it, Pope John Paul II apologized for many past errors of the church by making March 12th of 2000 a day of pardon. In the document announcing huh. the day of pardon, John huh. Paul said, get ready for this one because it's real good. It, and you, anybody can use this, right? The church today, through the successors of Peter, names, declares, and confesses the errors of Christians in every age. Uh-huh. Done. Done. That's it. All done. Done from now. That that includes the future too. Yeah. Right? Well. Oh, hey. You are right. Look at you. That I never even thought about that. I was. So they're they're good. They got they got cars yeah, to do whatever they want. All all over. And so that's kind of my dragging you down the road of sort of the history of this. Hey, hey, Catholic Church. Something happened in Canada. Could we talk about it? No, there's no need to really talk about it. Hey, listen, something really happened, and like some other people yeah. have apologized and, and 
given us some money to make things better yeah. for the people that these things happen to. Can you, will you? No, no, we're not going to. Oh, look, look, we found some children's bones. Oh, <laughs> hi. You want to come to the Vatican? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not to laugh. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's, that's Sad, it. Sad, but true. So should we talk about the apology? I mean, oh, yeah. I, you never answered my question with whether you wanted to read the apology or it not. It is super long. It is one, two, three, four pages. And so rather than... Oh, that's It's too way long. too long, right? Um, he thanks everybody. He... Uh, so, th- so the setup was the delegation went to the Vatican and met personally with the Pope. And the people in the delegation were heads of tribes. Um, I don't know that they were all Catholic, but the ones who were interviewed on the podcast that I listened to, uh, which sounded like a real professional, big journalistic podcast, even though it's a Catholic uh, news organization, yeah. right? They they were all Catholic, right? So what you're saying is this attempt at indoctrinating the, um, the, the natives worked. Yeah, totally. A thousand percent yeah. worked. Um, and... Then he talks about how how their culture connects them to the earth and to nature and how uh, he sees the wisdom in that and that that uh, sort of that cultural viewpoint was stamped out by these uh, residential homes. Um, and let's see. We'll just dive into any... Any okay, here we go. Um, I think this is pretty straight, pretty good. Um, so through the residential homes, um, the chain that passed on knowledge and ways of life, meaning generational transition of knowledge and union with the land, was broken by a colonization that lacked respect for you, tore many of you from your vital oh God, Milia. thank you, and tried to conform you to another mentality. In this way, great harm was done to your identity and your culture. Many families were separated, and great numbers of children fell victim to these attempts to impose a uniformity based on the notion that progress occurs through ideological colonization, following programs devised in offices rather than the desire to respect the life of peoples. Um, So true, Bestie. Well, you know, I mean, yes, um, and then he says, all this has made me feel two things very strongly, indignation and shame. Indignation yeah. because it is not right to accept evil and even worse, to grow accustomed to evil as if it were inevitable part of the historical process. No, without real indignation, without historical memory and without commitment to learning from these past mistakes, problems m- remain unresolved and keep coming back. We can see this these days in the case of war. Uh, then he goes on, I feel shame, I've said to you, and I am now repeating it, sorrow and shame for the role that a number of Catholics, particularly those, and this is the bit that you've read, educational responsibilities have had in all these things that wounded you in the abuses you suffered and in the lack of respect shown for your identity, your culture, and even your spiritual values. All these things are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the deplorable conduct of these members of the church, I ask God's forgiveness, and I say with all my heart, I'm truly sorry and I join my brothers, the Canadian bishops, in asking your pardon. Clearly, the content of faith cannot be transmitted in a way contrary to the faith itself. Jesus taught us to welcome, love, serve, and not judge. It is a frightening thing when, precisely in the name of faith, counterwitness is rendered to the gospel. I'll stop there. I mean, it goes on for another, like, two and a half pages. Yeah. Um, it, you know, wow. lo- he had a lot to say. Long apology. I don't know what it meant. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if what he had to say. Well, I mean, it was an apology. It was a fair apology. I think if we go through the list of what makes an apology a good apology, um, we have the expression of regret, which he definitely did have. Um, we have an explanation of what went wrong, which I don't think we had, unless somewhere in those four pages he explained how it came Colonization about. and the and the. Where'd my brain go? I mean, yeah, he doesn't get into the mechanics of, oh, there wasn't really any real oversight of these schools or, yeah. oh, there was a belief that ed- anything that brought people to God was acceptable, right? Yeah. Um, or, oh, there's children. Well, yeah. Uh, 
I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think, so we'll say not really for the explanation. It, it touches wrong. upon a thing, but not the thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and then acknowledgement of responsibility. So I'd have to say no, because he refers to un- the members of the Catholic Church and not not the church itself taking responsibility. Would you agree? I agree that that is a move, definitely, that is uh, is present. Okay. <laughs> um, was there a declaration of repentance? Yes. Was there an offer of repair? I don't think so. They didn't, they didn't, they're not paying any money or anything, are they? So far, no, but the Pope is going to Canada. He is going to Canada, hopefully to apologize. So maybe there'll be an offer of repair. It'd be awful if he went <laughs> to Canada and he was like, oh, this is the best maple apologize. syrup in the world. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, so far, no offer. So he'll go and apologize. And re- yeah, <laughs> you will see. And a request for forgiveness. Yes, they, he did um, ask for forgiveness. Uh, he also asked for God's forgiveness, which is okay, whatever. But um, I, you think the Pope would have God's forgiveness? But I don't know. That's that whole infallibility question again. So perhaps not. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd so, be like, God, listen, I'm God now. Yeah, right. I'm infallible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how would you rate the apology on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best apology ever? Okay, well, um, I am giving this an 8.5. Are you? I really? am. Yes, I am. I am absolutely wow. giving it an 8.5. And and that's not even like, oh, because I was poisoned by listening to that Inside the Vatican podcast. Um, uh-huh. It's because I think the agreement to go to Canada is the first step towards restitution, reconciliation, making things better, right? By the Pope yeah. inviting uh, the indigenous people and and some survivors of the uh, residential homes to the Vatican, he really shines a light on what happened. Right. Okay. And so, and admittedly, yes, he still has to come to Canada. So, yeah. All right. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think the Pope knew that the many newspapers, many media outlets were going to be focused on the indigenous people coming to the Vatican. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that was a big move and an admission of guilt let's say okay. right um okay. and by saying he's going to go to canada and there's more to come that you don't just go to canada and apologize you you do something right Hopefully. so he's got to yeah. do that so this is the first step and and i give it an 8.5 again because it he is the pope um i want to <laughs> get to heaven i don't uh-huh. have to explain a three to god so okay what about you <laughs> I gave it a five. Okay. I think it was it was a moderate apology, and I think for for some of the reasons that you gave it an eight, I'm not giving it a, a higher score because I don't think I think he it is just a first step. It's not a full apology. He did not make an offer of repair. Maybe he'll do one in the future, but so far he hasn't. Um, he is blaming it on individual people who happen to be Catholic instead of the church, and he doesn't say, "Well, this is what happened, and this is how we're going to avoid it happening again in the future." So I give it a five. That five is a little bit high, but I'll give it a five. Um, so that averages us out about a seven or six something. Uh, let's see. <laughs> There's uh, I gave it 8.5. You gave it five. That's 13.5 divided by two is 1.35. 1. 1.35? 1. Just making shit up. <laughs> I just threw a decimal so it's, in it's, there. It's a six something. Yeah. 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 It's a number. Yeah. yeah. So, Pope, you're 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 getting there, but you're not quite there yet. I think is our message. Exactly, for the Pope. and unless it's yeah. a really massive, spectacular apology in July, there will be no need to cover it. Uh, it will just right. be the next step in this ongoing apology. And right and cool. There's really no way to apologize for what happened, but right. But and I think this is the thing that that wraps it up, right? Because. Again, there's that like the secular side and then the spectrum of like the truly religious believers, right? 
Yeah. And so I will quote um, Cassidy Karen, who is the president of the Matisse National Council. After her meeting with the Pope, she says, truth, justice, and healing. We hope that the church can finally begin a meaningful and lasting reconciliation. She said that the hour-long meeting had been comfortable, and from St. Peter's Square, she also said that the Pope had listened and nodded along when three survivors of the schools told their truths. I felt some sorrow in his reaction, she said. Okay. Yep. Um, All right. Well, she's right, though. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a of a course of apologies or a course of forgiveness or something. So yeah. um, they're they're being very generous. The um, the native people. Well, he's the pope. Canadian people are being super. Ge- <laughs> I suppose if they're Catholics, then they have some vested interest in being generous with the pope. Well, I mean, yeah. but at the same time, it's. I mean, yeah. It, that's tough. I mean, it just, it just is. It's, it's like, uh, so on one hand, I can imagine being in the room and saying, you know, I could never forgive you for this. What, what are we doing? Right. Uh-huh. But again, it gets, I, I want to, I just really want to avoid from taking what for me is the easy way out of this, which is to tear the Pope apart. Um, but I kind of don't want to get in the way of, what other people perceive as, as goodness. Right. And so this okay. apology, um, you know, sort of that sort of a viewpoint is that the priests are finding out about this truth that was hidden from the public. Right. In the past. And perhaps, uh, perhaps the Pope is just as much a victim as the indigenous people from the echoes of the wrongs of the past. Okay, right. if you say so. I don't say that's, so. I'm, sa- I'm saying stretching it. That's a that's a <laughs> a way to look at it, and yeah. and how I can like see where that's putting the best possible spin on it. I I worked on that one too. I was like, because <laughs> again, it is it is just so easy. You know, it's like look what happened. You you can't apologize yeah. for that, and look I mean, at the number of times you refuse really. to apologize. Uh it, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't think we need to cater to the Catholics who are looking for a way to find good in what happened. I think uh, the we're on the side of truth and right and all good things, not necessarily the Catholic Church. So that's my opinion. Uh, well, that's my opinion, too. And I, th- I, I think <laughs> I have to listen to that inside the Vatican podcast backwards to rewind the damage oh, yeah. it did. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, okay, do you have an apology expected or a who's sorry now today? I do. I have a who's sorry now, and that who's sorry now is me. And when I first moved to Dallas, um, I'd forgotten how religious the South is. And people would ask me, oh, do you go to church? You just moved here. Do you have a church? Do you go to church? Right? And (laughs) it was like— What church do you mm -hmm." go to? I mean, first— with the first paragraph first of their introduction yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. came up with like a church, right? And yeah. so there was this cute little tiny church that was down the road from us in our neighborhood. And so I don't uh-huh. like to lie. And I also don't want to have a conversation with somebody who was like, you know, oh, I'm not religious. Um, so I would just say, because I know this Dodge having lived in North Carolina for like five, six sure. years. Um, oh, we have a wonderful little church in our, in our neighborhood. Uh-huh. Which is true, and it sounds like I go there, I see. but I don't. It's not my apology. I see. So there was a big party every year. It was a big gay party that happened in our neighborhood because we lived in the gay neighborhood of blah blah blah, right? Uh-huh. Big art party, and one of the ministers in somehow the neighborhood and some other church, right, was very active um, in the gay community. Now he was heterosexual, and he wasn't. He was an ally, but he wasn't really uh, an ally because, oh. like, you know, you're, yeah. come on, we religious. know what's going on here. You're religious yeah. and you're just trying to fish yeah. out the few souls you can save. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we were at the party and he was there and he was walking around and I was talking with uh, one of my neighbors and I said something snarky about the priest or minister or whatever 
And uh, we both laughed and the minister saw us and I laughed even harder because I was like, oh, I can't believe he caught me laughing at him and I'm such a moron and I'm awful, right? Um, and I'd like to apologize to him because that must have felt very uncomfortable and also um, I felt, I he made me uncomfortable. Not not in like a, cre just sort of the whole, what are you doing here? Like, I know what you're doing yeah. here. And, and you're not an ally. You're not supporting anybody's right. rights, you know. Right. Um, but all, all that aside, it was uh, inappropriate. And and I didn't apologize to him. And Did he know awful. you were laughing at him? He may have. He rightfully assumed that. I could tell from the look on his face. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So okay. there you go. Well, okay. That's generous of you to apologize to him. Yeah, I mean. He probably deserved it. Well, I mean, he didn't do anything to me, right? It's just, it's like, you know, I, I, I hate sincerity i hate insincerity wrapped up in sincerity which we call that hypocrisy yes. right yeah so okay what about you amen who's sorry now well this is not related to religion um because i've never done anything wrong uh in the religious sense or in any sense really except Ever. <laughs> when he comes right down to it i've never done anything wrong just made mistakes but um my dog and i went for a walk yesterday morning uh or whatever day it was friday morning and she kind of tripped a little bit and sort of pulled her leg out of the fence. There's a wire fence alongside the sidewalk. And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, you know, she walked along fine the rest of the way. And we got home and, and, and she lay down and everything was fine. And I noticed a little bit of blood on the floor, just a little like a drop. And I thought, oh, maybe she punctured her skin or something. And, you know, she hurt her paw in that, in that walk. And I didn't think anything of it. And then um, at 1 o'clock in the morning the, that night, uh, 1 o'clock that night, um, I looked at her paw to see like, you know, just what was going on. And she had this like huge gash on her paw. And I feel terrible because she had this gash on her paw and I didn't even look to see like how, how hurt she had been. So I'm sorry, Sophie, um, poor Sophie. Uh, we went to the emergency vet right away and we drove up to Scottsdale, which is like two hours away. And I found an emergency vet that was open and, um, you know, they, they took her in, stitched her up and gave her some medication, some antibiotics and some pain medication. And she's feeling much better. And a cone, the hugest cone I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like a cone that would fit an elephant on this poor dog. Cause she's got such a long nose. She needs a big cone. Um, anyway, she's dealing very well with everything and she's doing much better now. I'm sure, um, she doesn't seem to hurt too much. We went for a walk this morning and everything was fine. Um, but I'm sorry, Sophie, that I didn't pay more attention to your plight and noticed that you were, um, you had cut yourself more than I thought. So that's my who's sorry now. Aw. Well. I know. It's so sad when dogs are hurt. I know. Because they can't tell you. They can't tell you. She didn't even limp. And normally, like, when she gets an acorn in her paw, she yelps like she's dying. So because she didn't make any okay. noise, I thought everything was Help fine. Help me with this one. I might be a city yeah. boy, but even I am like, acorn in her paw? What? Like between her toes. Okay. Like, if an acorn gets stuck between her toes, she will yelp like she is on fire. <laughs> and she's just such a drama queen. But, um, so, you know, if you if you scratch her ears wrong, she will yelp. Oh, okay. So, it, yeah, you know, it's like, no matter what happens, like, if, if there's a little bit of discomfort involved, she will yelp. So, when she got her foot caught in the fence or whatever, she didn't make any noise at all. So, I assumed it was fine. And it was just like, she, she just tripped a little bit, and then she got up and went on her way. So, I assumed that everything was fine. But I will never make that mistake again, and I will be very alert for, for uh, things that are wrong with my dog in the future. Don't hate me, Gen X or Gen Z or whoever <laughs> don't hate me. Are. Don't hate me anybody <laughs> except boomers. You're welcome to hate me. Don't hate me anybody. Yeah, boomers, we don't care. So, so that's my apology. Um, and I think that's it for today, unless you have anything else you'd like to add about the uh, Catholic Church's apology. No, but I would like the Pope Pope's apology. to come over and get the all these apology. squirrels out of my yard so I can have tomatoes in the summer, but he's probably not going to do that for me. Put up a wire fence around it. Oh, perfect. I will. <laughs> <laughs> then your dog can go to the emergency vet in the middle of the night. <laughs> he does use the um, herb garden as an elevated toilet. So we actually oh, won't okay. be eating any herbs. I'm not going to your house and eating no. your food. <laughs> yeah, he jumps right up there and tinkles on everything. And it's Oh, my great. God. <laughs> They're acid-loving plants. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us again. We'll be back next week with a, a mystery episode because we don't know what it's going to be. Um, but it's going to be good. That's it, right? That is it. It'll be great. Goodbye, everyone. Okay, bye, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>